0: You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off.
1: All
2: right, then you asked for it.
0: Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free for all Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby's Nimer. Good afternoon, and welcome
3: to this Free for All Friday. Of course, it's the day when you set the agenda. I'd just like to throw a couple of things out there, and here's a story that we haven't talked about on this show, though I am sure that you heard it on Zoomer Radio News, and that is this dust up between the city and the Toronto District School Board. Now the TDSB is suing the province, the city and the police over a fire two years ago at York Memorial collegiate. And they are alleging that the fire department was negligent, that they didn't put out a small fire properly. And that's why it came back and destroyed the whole school. They also allege that the fire department covered it up. They impugned the fire chief, Matthew Paik. So normally, none of these department's comment on things before the courts, but yesterday the city manager sent a scathing letter to them saying that they are making baseless claims in puning the fire chief and that they should withdraw them and apologize and probably drop the lawsuit. Now, I've heard explanations. This is, you know, a an insurance company thing in order to get paid out. Uh, my observation is, uh-huh, uh, wh- whoever wins, loses. It's, it's the taxpayers that are going to be on the hook for this, but, but what do you make of it? 416 360 740 toll free, 1866 740 Speaking of dust-ups, there was the very confusing NASI guidance earlier this week suggesting that, uh, AstraZeneca was an inferior vaccine, uh, it caused a lot of confusion. Uh, they sort of walked it back a little bit saying don't have buyer's remorse. Very, very strange communications that has a lot of people, a lot of scientists upset. Uh, Mother's Day is coming up. I'd also like to hear from you. uh, Are you going to see your mother? Are you going to be able to? uh, Unless you live in the same household, it is verboten. And what about if you are a mother and you have kids and grandkids that you haven't hugged for a long time? And uh, yesterday, we started this discussion about customer service during the pandemic. I've had a few really bad experiences. Other people have had too. So I'd like to hear from you. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-744-740. And I would like to start with William, who is in the retail trade part time. Hi, William.
4: Hi, how are you today, Willie? Really? Fine. So how how are, you? are you? Fine, thank you. Um, so, there's two things: um, um, there's the retail, and I just wanted to also touch on um, getting a survey about uh, how people would feel if an election was to be forced. Okay.
3: So let's well, let's about- let's stick to the retail for now. What are do you? Are you know? Mo- are are you working in an essential retailer or a different one?
4: Um, it is being
3: essential. Okay.
4: And it does not exclude uh, retail
3: it does not exclude retail no it, it, it is it is not a retailer that sells food okay, so it's a hardware store or something like that that is correct and uh, do they do you do you are people in the store or it's curbside pickup
4: It is a curbside pickup and um, so it's um, I understand what you were. Saying about, you know, people feeling frustrated, um, but there's also the frustration of those that are working in the store, running orders, seeing the customers at the curbside. Um, we've got customers that, surprisingly, acknowledge the fact that they don't, they're not aware that there is a, a shutdown, and they try to walk into the store, and you have to explain to them, sorry, the store is closed for in-store shopping, and they you go, know, well, when did that happen? three weeks ago. It's a government law. Um, people may be looking for things that really aren't necessarily essential. Um, if you were to have a flooded toilet, I would consider that to be essential. If you're looking for something for, for hanging a picture, is that essential? People... I understand people want to get things done. Um, we all want to return to a normal lifestyle. Um, but we all have to have consideration for other people.
3: Uh, uh, let me, let me just make one thing clear. When I and others were complaining about customer service, it wasn't against the people working in retail. And I even understand if when I order online, there can be a mistake because people are overworked and some of them are brand new. It's the way, presumably, this is determined by management. It's the way they handle a problem that happens. And I think that uh, people who are working retail have a really tough job right now, and I think we appreciate their work. You know, there's a hardware store not far from where I live, and oh, there's always a lineup outside of it because all the renovation business is is booming right now. So, uh, you know, I just want to make that clear. It's 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 not. You know, uh, it's not a complaint about people who are working the front lines of retail, for sure.
4: And I, I recognize that there are, there are a lot of people that are very, very appreciative of what we're doing. Um, there are people that are just that are frustrated as to what is going on with the situation, and they may be um, have a flippant attitude and um, you know vent that on the person that's running something out of the store to them.
3: Right. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to have to deal with somebody who thinks that the restrictions are baloney and takes it out on me. Yeah. I mean, we've
4: also seen, so we've got a garden center, um, and I've also been into, like, grocery stores, and yet um, there are people that um, are medically excluded from wearing masks. Um, we need to have people understand that if you are excluded from wearing a mask, you need to take into consideration the rights of other people. That is, don't encroach upon personal space, and that is deemed to be six feet. Um, Don't flaunt the fact that you don't have to wear a mask and you just charge and do whatever you want. Um, If everybody takes care of everybody else, we're going to get through this.
3: Yeah, and to be honest, uh, you know, uh, When I go to grocery stores, I have yet to see anyone not wearing a mask. There's a line outside, and enforces it. So I don't know how it happens. I know that on the TTC there are a lot of people who don't wear masks for whatever reason. But my personal experience in a grocery store, I haven't encountered it yet.
4: I I haven't encountered two people.
3: Okay, well, yeah.
4: One was walking through, bold as brass, like out of a mask, and I'm just going to walk through wherever I want. I move out of the way so that he can pass
3: by. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know what? I move out of the way even of people who are masked. Yeah, C- can't be too careful. William, thanks very much for your call. You're
4: welcome. Have a nice
3: day. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, let's go to Astrid in Fennellin. Is Fennellin Falls?
5: Yeah, Fennellin Falls. Okay. Yes, hi Libby, and thank you so much for taking my call. You're very welcome. You're amazing by how you handle all the questions, (laughs) etc. Thank you. My point today is I'm still puzzled about the fact getting my second vaccine shot over 15 weeks after I had my first one. I got the first one, it was a visa, on April 7th, and I'm scheduled for July 28th, which is over 50, over, it's over 15 weeks. Um, so uh, what I'm saying here is um, such a long time, and um, the, Mod- uh, the VISA and the Moderna, they said in the beginning that it should be, from one to the other, should be three to four weeks. I had, uh, um, I know you've heard all this before, I have family in Germany, And they had the visa as well, and um, they had their second shot uh, within one month. Well, you know what? Their governments did a
3: better job of procuring vaccines on time. That's why we are in this predicament. That that there, I mean, no other country in the world has stretched the interval that far. There are some other places where it's been stretched to three months and that seems to be okay. Nobody else is trying a four-month interval. The only thing we can hope for is that the supply gets better and the governments who have stretched it to four months will change their minds if there's vaccine and let us have the second shot sooner. So yeah. that's I mean that's the bottom line. I mean what our government did decide that probably was not a bad decision is that it, it it's better to vaccinate more people with a first shot than to give much fewer people the two shots. I realize that. So uh, so it's it is squarely because we did not get the supply we need in the timeline that we need and no matter how much the federal government can tell you that they're doing a fantastic job. That is the problem.
5: Yeah, I do realize that. The thing is, um, uh, the thing is, um, when you finally get the second shot, and um, it seems like you. Uh, the reaction would be like you really never had the first shot so that's I, what i'm really concerned about
3: no that's i i'm sure that that's not the case because the you get the shot and you get a certain level of antibodies yeah and they last for a certain amount of time and the second booster shot ups the level of antibodies but the first shot and and the the real world data shows that the first shot protects you pretty well and it especially definitely protects you from severe illness and dying, which is the important thing. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's not that your first shot is going to be nullified. Now people are talking about the fact that we will need yet another booster, that it's not just going to be these two shots uh, like we often get with flu shots. But uh, let's cross that bridge when we get to it. Astrid, you know, I hear you. A lot of people are upset about the interval.
5: Yeah, I I know, and like like I said, you've heard this before. Anyways, um, it's good to uh, hear it again, and uh, I put it in my head, and uh, I'm good with it now, and just hope for the best. Let's hope for the best. That's all we can do. Thanks
3: for your call. And uh, happy Mother's Day. (laughs) Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, we've got Valerie in Zurich, Ontario, and Valerie, you want to talk about online shopping?
5: Yes. I'm a senior, and I've never done it before until about a month or two ago. I deal with Hanson's Independent in Exeter for my groceries. Mm -hmm. They were most courteous. If they wished to make a substitute, they asked for my permission. Do you want to substitute or not? And also... At pickup times, the girl comes out. She puts all your groceries in the car. Very, very pleasant.
3: And and you know what, Valerie? Uh, that's the one thing I'm saying, that your best bet now is to deal with people locally or more or less locally when there is an actual person that you may want to reach. So the the problems I had with online shopping were with... Big companies, uh, one of which had a Canadian office, which is not so big, but they were bad and they were shut down. They just said we're not there. And when I eventually reached a customer service person, he was just incredibly rude. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, you know, dealing with local people because often you know, like our our previous caller who works in hardware, you can't go into the hardware store, but they can give you curbside pickup. There are grocery delivery services. I've heard a lot of good things about them, about grocery delivery. I don't, uh, you know, I go in person to grocery shop. Uh, That's just me, but I've heard a lot of good things about them. And I think that if you deal with people who want to make sure that you're still their customer when this is all over, that's a pretty good bet. And I'm really glad to hear that you're doing well with online shopping. You don't have to go out and you're getting your groceries. Yes. Thanks for your call.
5: You're more than welcome and have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye.
3: Bye-bye. It's time for our first break. We've been talking about the shots. We're talking about customer service. Online shopping, it's new for many people, Uh, whether you use it for groceries or for something else, uh, you know, people are out shopping. And, uh, you know, the renovation business, anything to do with home improvement is just booming. You're lucky if you can actually get the parts you need. And uh, I think our caller is right. Not all of it is exactly essential, So the numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We have not yet talked about this dust-up between the Toronto District School Board suing the province, the city and the police, and then the city manager coming out swinging with a letter saying, you've made baseless claims impugning the fire chief and take it back. Uh, and what about these lawsuits? Who's going to pay? So the numbers 416 360 toll free one 866 We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Welcome back
3: to this Free For All Friday. I'm going to get right to the phones. Uh, Let's hear from Murray and Malton. Hello, Murray. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine.
7: How are you? Good, good. Thanks for taking my call, and happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Um, Anyway, my comment is, uh, did the virus start here in Canada, or where did it start? China, right?
3: Started in China. That's right.
7: Right. So if nobody left China, would we have the virus here now?
3: Um, that's a very hard question to answer, but it is everywhere around the world. And you know, my view is that these days, nothing stays local anywhere.
7: No, I know. The, the, my point is, uh, if China shut their borders down when they realized that they had a before they had a, a big problem, is that uh, we, we the world would be in a better place, right?
3: Uh I can't answer that. I don't know the answer to that, and I don't think you do either
7: actually well, but they're telling us that the virus is spread by people.
3: The virus it's not by is food, spread it's
7: not by packages, it's by people.
3: That's right. so you want to make a point about uh, Ford's take on the border policy, but the yeah. fact right now is that Ford is kind of in trouble about other things, and the number of cases that have come through the border. If you believe the official statistics, is pretty low.
7: Yes, but and that's the other point. One percent, right? Yep. Every every group is saying one percent. So how many groups are there? Uh, right, it wouldn't take you long to add up twenty different groups. Well, one, twenty. We're only responsible for one percent.
3: Well, no, they're talking about cases that come through the border, but yes. I I I mean, if you think that that would solve everything, you know, um, I no, don't know. I, I don't think it would solve
7: everything. But my point is, uh, uh, we have a case right now in one of the uh, motels where people are supposed to quarantine. Oh, there are thirteen cases. The
3: there 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 are thirteen cases. That I agree with you. That's quite something. That the place where you're supposed to go has an outbreak. Anyway, thank you for your call, Marie. And let us go to Daryl in Toronto. Hello, Daryl.
8: Hi, how are you doing today?
3: Fine, how are you?
8: I'm hanging in here. Um, As to what you were just talking about, uh, I have another comment regarding that. I mean, you can say that, you know, it's only 1% coming into the border. But, you know, when you're talking with exponential growth, 1% becomes 100% sooner or later. Well, yeah, one exactly. to a hundred is later. But, the point is, it's that first one percent that, that, that is doing it. It's you know it's what's it, going to cause it. But that's another issue. The question I had was: Is the second? I got my Pfizer about three weeks ago. Is the second dose any different than the first one, or is it just a repeat?
3: Uh, my understanding is that it's a repeat.
8: Okay, because yeah, because it would if it wasn't it would be concerning us to start mixing them up and stuff like that
3: well they're and actually we looking into mixing them up because uh th- there are some scientists who say that might that might uh give them
8: better Yeah we may mean to get all of them eventually but uh it it's just uh you know I'm also concerned with this idea of waiting 16 weeks when there's no science to really back that up yeah, a lot of people are concerned about yeah, that. How could they go, you know, and, and make that decision? Because it could turn out, you know, science shows that they've just wasted all those first shots.
3: I don't know that they would have wasted the first shots. I, think, I don't think that's the right conclusion, but um, we don't know. And a lot of people are concerned about what the result is and and they you know that decision is purely based on supply. They probably right. came up with 4 months with what they expect coming in. Things are starting to move pretty quickly with with uh supply coming in. So hopefully they'll be able to amend that. And well, they'll I mean, say, "Look what we did for you. We we
8: made it sooner." No, I understand like they take the long Date and then hopefully can look, look better rather than disappointing people. But one of my concerns is that you know, as I've, I've expressed before, they can't count on stuff that was promised in the next two weeks to show up. Exactly. So my concern is that when it comes to you know four months down the road, it's you know there's going to be more delays, production problems, and this and that. And uh, you know, w- what do they do in that case?
3: Well, exactly. Okay. We'll see.
8: Okay. Have a good weekend. Happy Mother's Day to everybody out
3: there. Okay. Thanks for that, Daryl. Okay. Now, I'm looking at a call on the board from Siva in Toronto, and it's a story that's been reported on conspiracy websites. It's about a doctor who they say uh, got sick of COVID and died in India after being fully vaccinated. So I'm not going to get into this because I've looked it up and uh the doctor did die but nobody knows what he died of and nobody knows if he's been vaccinated he was from rutgers university it's something that's being reported in fringe news outlets and i don't like to uh repeat that i mean i've told you enough of the story but uh i'm just saying it it um it looks like some of that misinformation to me, so, Siva, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to let that go. And okay,
9: not a problem. Okay. Is okay. there anything else you want to talk about? Well, you think, what about Kamala? You think she's going to be sitting pretty good with the public now, since this young man has come out and said that she's his mother, and they do look alike. Did you see the picture? I, I have no idea what you're referring to. No, there's a young man in Australia who said Charles and Camilla are his parents, and the pictures are stunning. You, <laughs> you, you can see mother and son.
3: I, I'm gobsmacked. I have no idea.
9: All right. but But, but
3: everybody, like, you can... Siva, all I'll say to you is that maybe you're spending too much time on very dubious websites, but, uh, I guess that, that, that one is, uh, I don't know, entertaining. <laughs> Thanks for your call. Oops. Oopsie. Okay. Uh, let me give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740. Toll free. 1-866-740-4740. Gotta say, I haven't seen anything about that, but, (laughs) oh, my goodness. Okay. Let's go to Dan in Brampton. Hi, Dan.
10: Oh, hi, Libby. Uh, I've I've spoken to you before. Uh, How are you doing today?
3: I'm fine. How are you? I'm good.
10: Uh, I I just uh, let everybody know that today is actually the 76th anniversary of the end of World War II in Europe. And it doesn't seem to have made it to the news media today.
3: Uh, good
10: point to remind us. Yes. And I guess a couple of months ago, I was telling you my, my dad and I was writing his biography about an RCAF navigator. And it's done. And it's on Amazon. hmm And the name, name of the book is, can I do an advertisement?
3: <laughs> okay, we'll <laughs> let
10: you this time. Okay. The name of the book is, Luck is 33 Eggs. Memories and photographs of a Royal Canadian Air Force navigator.
3: Okay, that's great. How long did it take you to put that together? Um, my dad and I spent two and a half years on it. Wow!
10: So it's uh, from it starts at age four and continues for ninety three years. So yeah. there's it's, it's it, it, it was a, it was a, a a job, so that his great grandchildren would remember who he was.
3: Yeah, well, it's quite a job, and good for you for doing it.
11: Yes, he
10: has, an, he has a fabulous memory, and that was made, made it possible.
3: Uh-huh, and is, is he okay? Is he
10: still with us? He's living independently in a house he, him and my mom built in 1948 in Scarborough.
3: Wow, I'm saying knock wood, even though it's not wood that I'm knocking on, but um, you're a very lucky man. I am very lucky.
10: I realize that, yes.
3: Okay, Dan, thanks for your call. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Tom in Ajax. Hello, Tom.
6: Good afternoon.
3: Go ahead. You're on the air.
6: Yeah. um, I want to mention um, more shameful uh, behavior by our federal government trying to distract from the fact that the prime minister's office knows about this horrible abuse going on to the female members of our military. And once again, they're trying to do the same thing they did in 2015 and hold it up as something new. Uh, back in 15, they hired a retired Supreme Court justice to a report on abuse in the military. The report came back, it went to the Prime Minister's office, and they just kind of shelved it. Now that everything's come back up again, they've done the same thing. They've hired Louise Arbor, a retired female um, Supreme Court justice, to do this all over again. And it's nothing more than an excuse to distract from the Prime Minister's office knew about this, and they're just trying to say, well, we'll we'll, we'll have this groundbreaking report. All they're going to do is reboot that 2015 one, and it's shameful for them not to just take ownership of this.
3: Mm, Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, this this is a huge problem. It's a culture problem, and... I, you know, I, I agree with you. They said that they would be taking it on and they did not. So we have to see if this time anything happens, but you know, I don't blame you for being cynical about it.
6: Well, again, it's just trying to, it's proving once again that there is no bar set low enough that politicians can't just walk underneath it and claim, Hey, no problem. And, uh, You know, he just seems to skate away from this stuff. All these female people in the military and their families, they all vote. Yep. So um, I don't know. I don't, I've come to the conclusion that, you know, back in the day, it wasn't black makeup he was putting on. It was Teflon. (laughs) That too. Hopefully it's starting to wear off this time. But that's just a a shiny object to distract that uh, once again, he's being dragged into this and he's, he's claiming ignorance of it while brushing his hair back. And I think it's just shameful.
3: Hmm. Okay, Tom, thanks for your call.
6: Have a good weekend.
3: You too. All right, let me give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 740 I saw somebody who wanted to talk about this lawsuit, and they suddenly disappeared. So I'm uh, keen to get a few views on that one. It, it has me shaking my head, I'll tell you that. Uh, let us go in the meantime to Barry in North York. Hello, Barry.
11: Good afternoon, Libby. Long time, no talk. To
3: you. Long time, no talk. <laughs> You're the optimistic guy.
11: I just wanted to pass on something that a, a friend of mine YouTube me the other day. It was a six-minute um, dissertation about how important and healthy walking is. I couldn't believe it. It said that 50% chance of um, getting cancer if you walk five days a week, thirty minutes a day doesn't have to be all at once. Could be in in um, in sections like two fifteen minutes. Um, and also, he said that it could help prevent heart attacks, stroke, cholesterol, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, um, cancer, all sorts of things. He said just by walking thirty minutes a day. I thought. Wow, that's amazing.
3: Well, it's it's actually thirty minutes a day of almost any kind of exercise is very good for you.
11: True. Um, I know I had a problem um with my well, I thought of it heart. I mean I sent to a cardiologist first time in my life. Because and my sister-in-law, was a nurse, said, "Look, you know, you're not Peruvian dancing now. You're not going rushing out for buses and things. You're not going anywhere. You're not doing any exercise." And she was right. But um, went to doctors and things after I found out there was no problem with my heart. The doctor said, "You have a good heart in more ways than one." I know. Um, and so I uh, I started my excuse me my pose. every time that I don't have to be sitting down. I'm walking like, I'm walking right now when I'm talking to you in my apartment. And uh, it went away. I mean, there was no problem. No problem with my chest. There was pressure before in that and almost said the cardiologist said, oh, it might be a problem with your heart. There wasn't. And all it took was the walking. And now with all the Mayflowers and beautiful bloom and the cherry blossoms and and the birds singing i mean why not a half an hour outside in this beautiful weather in the spring
3: uh well i'm waiting for the beautiful weather in the spring i'm looking outside it's not so beautiful but uh, ah
11: yesterday was nice i went out for a nice walk yep, yesterday was sunny.
3: yesterday was nice and it's 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 okay thanks yeah. Gary, for your call
11: you're welcome happy mother's day
3: uh, thanks. I'm not a mother, but happy Mother's Day well, to everyone who is. everybody out there as well, right? Yep. Okay, yeah. let's go okay. to J.D. in Etobicoke. J.D. Hi,
1: how are you today, Libby? I haven't talked to you in a while. Hello? Hi, J.D. Hi, hi, Libby. How are you? I'm fine. Go ahead. You're on the air, J.D. Yes, yeah, so there's a couple of things I want to say. I want to say now, I'm realizing more and more, you know, I'm off of lake shore. And people are now resorting to live in bus shelters on the Lakeshore. And I did mention to the police the other day, but I'm driving along the Lakeshore again. And in three bus shelters, you've got people laying down, drinking bottles of wine. And this is like in the um, the Browns Line area. And it's, it's very sad to see. Mm-hmm. That
7: nothing's
1: being done about this. And it's, you know, it's more and more evident now because of COVID. I never, I've never i lived on Lakeshore for over 50 years, and I've never in my life seen what's going on now. That's my first comment. My second comment is, I got to spend two nights in the Humber River, and uh, my daughter had a baby The hospital. The hospital. And, you know, it's amazing the things that those nurses and doctors are really going through. So you're actually in there for 48 hours, and you see the running around they do, the PPE, the changing they've got to do, and they're just nonstop. I mean, it's just so unreal. And we just have to give the biggest shout-out to every single one of them of the job that they're doing, and it just a never ends. And it just, you know, it's like my heart is so unbelievably thankful for them now because until you're actually in it, you don't even really know what's going on. People complain about this and that and hospitals and this, but really they don't know until they're in that situation. I mean, my daughter was in, my the baby was in the I. I the NICU at Humber River, and every single one of them, I got to give the biggest shout out because they just did not stop.
3: Yeah, I agree with you. And not just in Humber River. and Every hospital. Every hospital, Hospital. hospital.
1: yeah. Yeah, People just don't realize it because they haven't experienced it. When you're in there and you see what actually goes on and they're constantly having to change their clothes and wear masks and do this. And like on top of the regular job that they're doing and like 12 hour days, you know, and it's just, I don't know
3: how they're doing it. They're uh, doing unbelievable service. Joe, oh, JD, sorry. Thanks for your call. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye for now. We've got to take another break. The numbers once again, 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. We will be back with more of your calls.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby's Nimer, a free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt.
3: Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me!
0: Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Nimer.
3: Welcome back to this Free for All Friday. I'm going to go to Raymond in Etobicoke. And, Raymond, you want to talk about that TDSB lawsuit?
12: Yes, uh, that uh, fire was a terrible thing. And I was really surprised when the fire marshal brought out his report. He flat out blamed the fire department for not following. Protocol at that fire. Um, uh,
3: that's that's uh, very different than what I am reading, but I don't remember that report. So well, what say.
12: what the story was at at uh, the fire marshal said a uh, large building fire, not necessarily a large fire, but at a very large building. Standard protocol when the fire is considered out. The trucks leave. One truck must be left overnight in case the fire breaks out. That was not done. The fire department didn't do it because there was a school uh, security person on duty, and they left it up to him, somebody that would be an untrained, uh, minimum wage person. And the fire marshal said it took him an hour and a half to discover that there was a fire in there. By that time, it was too late.
3: Well, what I'm reading here, part of the allegations in this lawsuit, is that Chief Pegg met with the fire marshal's office, which was headed by his brother, and uh, they are alleging that, that the fire marshal actually downplayed everything. So... It's well, pretty
12: murky, Yeah, it is indeed, and it's a terrible thing. I go by there all the time, and there's been no sign of any uh, repair work being done on that uh, lovely old building. no sign for for months and just uh, yeah.
3: And with all of these lawsuits, I mean, I'm thinking it's taxpayers that are going to be on the hook.
12: Well, maybe it's the insurance companies that are trying to dodge things. They are famous for trying to weasel out of uh, paying off. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's not good. Uh, part of the current story, I believe, is, says that they have tried to settle this matter uh, quietly, internally, but they uh, were not satisfied, and that's why the GDSB... Uh, Is brought to this lawsuit. Mm -hmm. Well, Amazing, uh, surprising.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, one way or another, however it's settled, the next time there has to be more insurance, it's going to cost the taxpayers.
12: Yes. Yeah. Like I say, I was really surprised when the fire marshal brought out that report and just flat out blamed the fire department, because it seems like the sort of thing that, you know, bureaucratic thing. You you soft pedal things, and you hummer and haw here and around the thing, and you know. But to just the way he just come out and said, no, they didn't follow protocol. There's no fire it was left there at night, and that's what they're required to do.
13: Hmm.
12: Might be worth something to for you to try and track that down.
3: Okay. Yeah. It, was,
12: it was in the Toronto Star. I'm,
3: uh, well, I'm I'm, uh, I'm. reading from the Globe and Mail, so... Yeah, no, I, I mean yeah.
12: like the original thing that uh, where he brought it out, uh, that was a report.
3: Okay, Raymond, yeah, thanks okay. for that. Bye. Uh, bye-bye. Okay, I am going to take a call from Wanda, and Wanda, you seem to think that there's a shortened time for second doses in York region. And, and I have what they have to say about it here. But Wanda, is that right? You think there's a shortened time? Why do you think that? Well, um, hi, I,
13: I know two people who have had their injections at Richmond Green, and their second date is in 12 weeks. And I'm like, what? And I can't get information from Toronto Public Health I can't get information about you know anything about shortening the time frame, because we're all waiting at sixteen. Twelve would be great, you know. Shorter would be great, but I don't know what's going on unless they have such a surplus of I, vaccines.
3: I well, I I think that there are maybe uh, certain types of healthcare workers who are getting a second shot. No, no, no. they're just um, they're no,
13: they're not. They're they're not. They're young. Um, when I say they're not special, of course they're special as people, but they're just younger people, and they don't have underlying health conditions or anything. They're getting them in twelve weeks. I mean, have if you, you had seen
3: a- the documentation? Personally, no. Well, okay, I'd have a look at the documentation because I am on the York Region vaccination website, and it says that. Uh, the province will follow the NACI uh, recommendation to increase the interval for all between all Health Canada-approved COVID-19 vaccines to up to 16 weeks, and oh. it, it goes on. So that's what they have on their official website. So before you think that anybody, especially a young person with no underlying conditions, is suddenly jumping the queue on that, I would first of all, check the documents. Oh, I'm not upset. I'm just confused.
13: (laughs) And that's why I was like, what? Are you guys sure? And it's two separate people. Well, look at their paperwork. (laughs) Well, I guess I'll have to, but it's going to be, well, it will be awkward. But I thank you very much because I couldn't get any information. And I thought,
3: hmm. Well, it's it's on their website and there's a pull down and it says receiving your second dose." dose. Yeah, they're all doing that now. And I thought there was something special up at York. Okay,
13: But I thank you so much, okay. really, for taking my call and my query because I'm like, okay, maybe something's changing and we don't know. Hooray. Well, I, I hope something
3: <laughs> will change,
13: but <laughs> yeah. not
3: today. Thanks, Wanda.
13: <laughs> thank you. Take care. Be well. Thank Bye-bye.
3: You. Bye-bye. All right. We still have some time left. Let me give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740. Toll-free 866 Seven forty four, seven forty, and let's hear from Kevin in Scarborough. Hi, Kevin.
2: Hi, Libby. I I really feel very scared and worried about um about my mom. My my law teacher taught us that the government always used what's that saying she said? Uh, the government never puts a crisis to waste. Meaning, for instance, when Mister Doug Ford said he'll put an iron ring around old age homes in which many people died, not of COVID, but of Horrendous conditions: uh, dying in their own feces, their urine, not being fed for days, dying of dehydration. They were never taken care of, Miss Libby. And and when I see um, Mr. Trudeau, uh, this is a fact, not fiction, not opinions, not subjective. It's a fact that Mr. Trudeau wants to pass Bill C five, sorry, Bill C ten, a First word for line, but police state, surveillance state, where they control what you see, what you hear, and what you put out on the internet. That sounds too much to me like communism. I'm very scared and worried. You know, well, there's
3: let me let me just uh, give some background. It's a bill updating the Broadcasting Act. It has come under a lot of criticism. The government keeps saying, "Oh, we don't want to limit you know your cat videos," but uh, the criticism of this bill is that it might infringe on free expression, and it talks about it. it's dealing with how the CRTC, which is the broadcast regulator, can regulate media posts. So that's, that's what the criticism of it is, and a lot of people have criticized it
2: just like you are. Well, Mom, um, Libby. I'm it, not your mom. I know, Ma- I know Libby. Okay. Um, sorry. Um, when you give them an inch, they take a yard, my mom taught me. And if you give them a yard, they take a mile. Since when has the government never mismanaged or lied to us? Mr. All of them have lied to us and been caught in corruption and going back on their word and talk is cheap. They cannot be trusted.
3: Yeah. Well, I, I understand why you feel that way. Thanks for your call, Kevin. Okay. Yasmin in Oakville. Hello, Yasmin.
14: Oh, hi. Good afternoon, Libby. Thank you for taking my call. Um, what I am what I'm calling regarding it's I live in Oakville which is under Halton region and I'm really confused regarding the vaccination my husband works in a hot zone uh we called to get the vaccination and they were telling us no because Halton is a safe zone um so w- which is really confusing and you know the response that I got from the health line is if you want because we're both under 60 the the uh, They said, you can go to the drugstore to get the vaccination. And I said, well, I have underlying health conditions. I don't want to take the AstraZeneca. Why should I be forced to take that instead? Because of, you know, there's people in Peel and Scarborough and Toronto. They're all, it doesn't matter what the age group is. They have a choice. Now, because we're in a safe zone, as I said, my husband works in a hot zone. It doesn't make sense to me.
3: Well, I I think AstraZeneca is safe, and if you want to go to a pop up where they're having other um, uh, other uh, vaccines, you have to show proof that you either live there or work there. You know, I know that a lot of people are confused about AstraZeneca, but it is very safe. Everything in the world has some side effects; those are really rare. And your husband, if he works in a hot zone, uh, can probably go to one of those pop-ups where they have something else. But if you don't, you probably can't.
14: Yeah, well, he was told, no, he can't get it because of where we live. Right. But in in the hot zones,
3: if you show proof that you work there and that you have to go to work, I mean, if he works from home and works in a hot zone, if he has to go to work every day, and can show proof of that in a hot zone, he can go to a pop-up there.
14: Oh, oh, thank you for clarifying that. I wasn't aware of that. Okay, Yasmin, good luck. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah,
3: you know, there are so many different uh, kind of rules on how to register and where to go and which postal code. I really understand why it can be... Very confusing for people, and you have to sign up on on this you know on the province's site, or no, you have to do another site, or if it's a pop-up, you don't need an appointment, but you do need proof of where you live or work. Wow, it's just uh, really confusing. it can be. but I'm going to go to uh, a happy comment here from Yona in Thornhill. Hello, Yona.
9: Hi, how are you today? I'm fine. How are you? Good. I listen mostly every day to you. Thank right. you very much for everything you do. Thank you. And I um, today is my mother-in-law. My husband is with me here, too. And she's 101 years old today.
3: Wow. I'm going to give her a bell for that.
9: Yes. She's in the Baycrest South uh, uh, assess, assisted, living, assisted Living. And I do want to say one thing a shout out to the Baycrest Hospital and everything. God bless them. The South the assisted living have only lost one person this entire time from the from the COVID. And they are phenomenal at lockdowns and keeping everybody safe. So, they've done well. They've done a big huge mini party sort of for her for her 101st birthday, a cake and and my like, a caregiver, Ellen, phenomenal, helping her keep cape well and keep going.
3: Well, that is very good news, and all the best. And Thanks. it's just in time for Mother's Day.
9: Yes, yes, she always was, and just in time for Mother's Day. Yes, thank you so much for taking my call. Uh, and again, Baker's phenomenal. Goldie, Dillman, phenomenal, and she's still going in. She's about 60% there and 40% not, and vice versa. So pretty darn good for 101.
3: Okay, excellent for 101. Yona, thanks for your call. Thank you. Take care. Okay, and we have time for one more Mother's Day wish. John in Brampton. Hi, John.
11: Hi, Libby. Uh, I look up your phone number under Gold Oak on the GMIO phone book. Anyway, the reason for my call is, I think they're getting a little too too aggressive. If you're telling me I can't go over to see my one of my friends, just the two of us, staying six feet apart and having a beer, I can't do that. I
3: thought you wanted to talk about Mother's Day to end. Yeah, the show. I do
11: the same thing. I have three wonderful daughters, and you telling me they can't come stay six feet apart with masks on, and visit my wife.
3: Well, that's that, That's under the stay-at-home order, but well, uh, do you want to wish them... It. Okay. I don't agree with it. I don't
11: agree with it. They're going too far.
3: Okay, John. Thanks for that. Okay. That is all the time we have for this week and for today. And I'll be back here on Monday. In the meantime, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. And uh, that's all the time we have.
0: Fight Back with Libby Snymer is produced by Zeev Hadi. With technical production by Jordan Chakravarti and Jeremy Logan. Check out the Fight Back podcast anytime at zoomaradio.ca. Or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Zoomer Radio Toronto. CFZM FM and CFZM AM. Owned and operated by MZ Media Incorporated.
4: Good afternoon. One o'clock. Bob Comsick with news on Zoomer Radio. Mostly cloudy, high of 11. Currently it is 8 or 46 Fahrenheit. In the news, Justin Trudeau says his government's agreed to take part in talks at the World Trade Organization for a temporary waiver that would lift the secrecy on patents for COVID-19 vaccines. The prime minister's comments follows a group of MPs from all five parties calling on him to support the WTO waiver. Supporters say it would make it easier for developing countries to import the equipment, expertise and materials needed to make their own. Vaccines. Meanwhile, the Prime Minister says his government will continue doing everything it can to help India get through what he calls its heartbreaking COVID crisis. Last
11: week, we announced $10 million in support for the people of India through the Canadian Red Cross. This week, we sent a first cargo plane with antiviral medication and ventilators, and there will be more to come.
0: Again, let me reassure everyone that what we're sending. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zuma Radio.